Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Malik. I'm Steph. And we have a very special guest today. Adrian, why don't you introduce yourself, my friend? Hey guys, I'm Adrian, live from New York. That's right. We're, we're going under, under curfew. <laughs> under oh curfew. Gosh. Just like everybody yeah. else. Um, exactly. We are going uh, international. Look at that. And Adrian, why don't you introduce yourself and how you know and either one of us? Sure. Um, Stephanie and I met when we were, I guess, preteens, and yeah, we, met. we met at a <laughs> at a special place called Supercamp, and um, we've been friends ever since, and very much like long distance friends. Um, so, I studied overseas for a fair bit, and I now live in New York with my family. And because Steph has a lot of family in America, she is probably one of my most frequently visiting friends from Singapore. Cool. On top of being my oldest and bestest friend. Nice. <laughs> so that helps too. <laughs> now, Supercam was what? 10 years ago? Dude, hello! <laughs> like, no, it was... Almost 30 years ago, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty long friendship. I think not many people can hold such a long friendship, but hey, look at you guys. Over long distance. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think when I think back countries. about... Super, like multiple countries because like Adrian went overseas to study when he was quite young and then I was in Singapore until I went overseas to study as well. So we just kept crossing paths across the globe. Um, I don't think we spent more than a couple of years in the same country together. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. It's... I think we're just pretty good at correspondence, <laughs> even <laughs> yeah. at, that, at that tender age. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's very rare because at, at that 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 time, um, I don't think there's a lot of virtual communications around. Um, oh, zero, zero virtual. Yeah. yeah. So correspondence. I mean, I mean, we. Yeah, I feel like we we just used anything that was available, and you know, it was kind of like of of the trend to kind of explore like IRC, ICQ. I think at one point we were using the Command and Conquer. West 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 chat. Yes. Oh man, are you serious? That's crazy. Yeah, I, w- I would think it would be so difficult. But then again, working with limitations that brings about your creativity, right? So, totally. Um, yeah. yeah. So so now nowadays, I think we take it for granted. Virtual communication is so easy. We have WhatsApp, which is basically just limitless in terms of uh, communications-wise. Is basically just. You can communicate anytime, anywhere with anybody in the world and it costs almost next to nothing, right? So we take it for granted that we have this kind of technology. Back in the days, I think you kind of take this as precious points, right? Where you can actually talk to one another across borders. I remember I I have, I mean, I, I studied in the States too and talking to my friends back home was so difficult, right? We had to use our, right. uh, our messenger and and I think that was that was the the key thing that was available messenger, and now now messenger is just gone. It's it's disappeared. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I think we were of the age where you still had to remember each other's seven digit phone, phone number. numbers. <laughs> six digits, dude. It used to be six. <laughs> was it six? Okay. Yeah, yeah it was six. It was, it was like six. Four it was four six. nine three two four six. Oh my god! <laughs> How the hell? That's really awesome. Right. It's 
I yeah. feel like that seven three three zero six three five. That was mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you'll get my parents. <laughs> <laughs> missing one digit. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was man, that that those were the days. Those were the days I remember numbers, we remembered everybody by the digits. These days, you can't even remember those kind of things. No. Remember? No. <laughs> We're so used no. to clicking our phones with the contacts and then just messaging people yeah. based on their names, right? The the phone numbers don't even mean anything totally. anymore. I feel yeah, like now each name, all of my names have like seven different phone numbers on them. Ah, exactly. From, like, their first mobile phone to when they moved to the UK to like when they visited for like a short holiday and you got them a temporary SIM card. And it's like now you don't know which one to delete because you're worried that you'll delete the wrong one. So you're just like, eh. yeah. <laughs> that's my <laughs> shitty address book. I know. Yeah. So it's, it's such a different level of communication these days. Um, now coming back to communications, I know you've been dabbling with uh, some multiplayer online video games. Tell us right. a little bit about it. Um, I mean, like I've I've always played video games. Oh, probably since you know, as as early as like you know when you had the. I can't even remember how many inches they were. The 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 floppy disks that were actually floppy with the magnetic the rotating magnetic strip. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like. Oh, every, the three and a half inch. <laughs> yeah, three and a half inches. Yes, the three and a half. Is it, wasn't there like a no, three and that, a half and then there was a, a five was and a, a quarter? Big one. Yeah, there was, there was a five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah. playing the five and a quarter. Yeah, right, and right. it was like, you know, like you'd play like Alley Cat and, you know, like um, all of those different versions of some kind of like Space Invader game. Right. Um, and then I had like the Nintendo. But I think like the first, t- the first time, like I think video ga- I took video game socialization very seriously was probably... I think like when Command and Conquer first came out, that was pretty big. Uh, Quake was another big one, and then um, and then when I f- started my first job at like uh, in advertising, everything everyone was talking about Second Life, and I was like, I love games, and Second Life seems to be a place nobody can be bothered checking out, so <laughs> I'll start a Second Life, <laughs> and I think. Um, <laughs> I, I got really hooked. I think I was like in Second Life for probably, I spent like six months in Second Life, just kind of like constructing a new character. And I think I, I started with like, you know, um, I, yeah, it was, it was basically like just a, one of those games. I think it was the first game to have its own economy, which was pegged to the US dollar. That's right. And you know, like, like you start with zero dollars and you slowly make money. I think by the end of my second life, I had like amassed like 30,000 Lindens. Right. And I think there was like a, a Straits Times article, like in digital life, talking about my character. Right. And I think they made a really big deal of how my character was female and I was male. And it was kind of like deceptive practices. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just like, this, is, this is a terrible article. I wish I'd never spoken to you guys. You outed my character. My second life is over. And now, now I have to come out to all my friends who read the Straits Times and tell them. <laughs> that's, oh my gosh. that's interesting. Now, I, I, do dev, I did devil in second life myself. In fact, I went on it um, pretty much when they were in beta still. So, right. so my, my experience with it was, was a little bit different because I, I was into computing. I was still studying then. 
and I was trying to um, experience or rather trying to explore this virtual reality or time to explore virtual worlds, right? Because I, right. I was looking at virtual economies at, at that time of uh, my studying uh, period. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so I dabbled across this, did the beta um, program. And then when it first launched, it was, it was crazy because there was, it was like a boom, right? And then people, mm-hmm. I guess people were starting to explore that, that virtual skit. And it was, I, I think from my experience, it was mind-blowing to a point. I think you must have experienced this as well. It was mind-blowing because it was yeah. literally living a second life, right? Where you are right. in a virtual world and anybody that is anybody in that virtual space is actually a real person. And, and you are conversing yep. with a real person. You are, although they might be a woman, dressed like a woman, or have a virtual avatar as a mm-hmm. woman, they might actually be a man. And the, the, it was like, yeah. IRC... It might not be the animal. It might be, to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like IRC, but with pictures, right. with, with moving parts. So it was, it was a, an evolved from your virtual conversation to a real kind of a visual um, experience. So it was totally, it was sur- yeah. totally surreal. It, it groped me in. And the idea that there was an economy was totally mind-blowing to me as well. Um, right. To a point where I started a, a virtual business in Second Life, yep. right? I was, selling, I was selling virtual clothes and people were buying virtual clothes. It was, really, mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was so um, out of this world, right? I, I, it was uh, a phenomenon that, that hit us um, totally unexpectedly. Um, and it grew, yeah. it grew big. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about your experiences in Second Life and, and what actually do you do there? Uh, I mean, and I feel like like Second Life is one of those places that you go there and immediately you're you're just like chasing your base instincts, right? It's just kind of like, oh, you know, like like let's dabble in all the other stuff that I never really get to dabble or talk or interface with anyone about, right? So you're kind of like, like, like what are they? They're like kind of like your your underlying kind of like sexual impulses and your you know your your risk level of like you know, wanting to talk to other people at on that channel and, and being like completely anonymous. I feel like the the sex and gambling trades are probably like the first two things you stumble into in Second Life. Like and then like some kind of like crappy version of like a you know, you go to New Amsterdam for the first time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's right. I remember that. that like this like everyone's living with this giant bong that's like attached to their face. <laughs> and then everyone's kind of like putting on these like sexual parts that are just like really awkward and then you're buying those like weird weird positioning balls all right <laughs> and, 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 I remember and, that. and you're just like and i think there's like everyone will like go through that for the first like probably week or two that right. they're there and they're just like wow there's there's like a weird economy where if i get like a like a slightly hot body i can like buy these dances and i can like sit at this at this club and and make Lindens for dancing on the pole. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then and then and then people will like chat you because they think you're like sleazy or whatever, and you will like chat them back. And then suddenly, someone will just sling like ten linden at you, and you're like, "Oh, that that was <laughs> that's money." 
exactly. Yeah, yeah. that was the that, that was hilarious. I I feel like that's like your first week in second life, and then the second week you're kind of like, okay, this is really boring, and this is not my idea of what I want to do for second life. I I wanted to check this out without involving my first life, but actually this is kind of skeezy and shitty. And I think like the second part of my my second life was very much just kind of like going, okay, well, I've always liked this concept of being like a, a rebellious artist and kind of wanting to build this artistic persona that was like completely un, unbinded by the rules. And and I think like, and, and actually like my, my first big second life endeavor was actually a really basic endeavor, which was like to, like I met someone who owned like a high trafficked like club and they were just like oh you do art why don't you have like a show and you know i'll invite all my second life friends and you can sell it for whatever prices you want and we'll like split it you know the way a very normal show would ha- like like event space would happen right and i remember getting really excited and you know like i told all my friends who were on second life i told my friends who you know in advertising not on second life. yeah right <laughs> and then and and it was actually like and it was like a physical time that I had to be there. And, and the owner was like, look, you have to be in my, in, in my um, location between, you know, for at least three hours in, in these two different time zones. So you can talk to the patrons about your art and, you know, like, like they can meet the maker and you can like, so I remember like I worked really hard for and made about like 12 pieces. And then, and that really kind of like kickstarted like a new evolution. Like suddenly I had a bit, a bit of money I had met some pretty influential Second Life people who were like either property developers or own property. And I think I met my first landlord who was like, hey, we got a giant, you know, like plot and we'd love to have you as like an artist in residence. Just, you know, we'll give you this many prims and here's your lot. You know, you go build, go crazy. And that's, and that was kind of like the the beginning of, of my my real Second Life, which was kind of just like, I suddenly had a domain to kind of like build as many prims as I wanted. I could invite people over to like build stuff in a giant sandbox. And then you could just kind of dress up and go to places and explore new worlds. And I think like for a while I had like a, a my boss was also, I got my boss really into it. So my creative <laughs> director and I would kind of like, you know, be in our like gorgeous female avatars, you know, and, <laughs> and strut around in other Second Life places. and. Here, hang out and, and sell art. And I think um, a property developer kind of liked some of my art and they were like, and I didn't realize that this is a very big way of how artists make money, but they'll be like, oh, you know, like if you could serialize one of your paintings, like one to 500, I have 500 new units that I'm building and I'm going to put your painting in every living room. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> and then of course, I also did a lot of like odd jobs. Like people wanted, like people made a house, but they wanted their house to look like it had real paint or it had like a texture on it. So I would like paint houses by making like PSD files that would just be like, oh, okay, and here's how you paint around the fireplace so it doesn't look like it's, you know, like the the paint just stops there. Right. So yeah, I did a lot of like bespoke kind of like texture making and made some stupid things that I sold. But but yeah, I think and that was probably like the peak of my second life. And it kind of ended rather abruptly with the Straits Time story. But um, <laughs> that's so unfortunate. But I, I think what that actually made me wake up to is I think like you might have experienced this, but every now and then you would have like one player that you've got to know really well write like a 
massive confessional DM, right? And they're just like, I'm not who I said I was. I'm like this person. I live here. I have a wife and like two kids. And, you know, like this is, this feels really immoral. And I just wanted to come out to all my friends. And you're just like, whoa, there are a lot of these people who are like unraveling, <laughs> like, like, like your, their second lives are just like, they've gotten so deep. They kind of feel like they, they needed to go to a confessional and just like type it all out and let the world know. And it was like, like, I wouldn't say it was like a super frequent thing, but every like once, once in a month or two months towards that, the, that period of time, I think especially they were introducing voice to Second Life. So it got really like, like, oh, these like Second Lives are unraveling and or, or rather getting like consumed by their first lives. And there was this kind of like weird rectification point. And I think at, at that point, my, I, my landlord actually mysteriously disappeared. Oh. So she she had like a a wife on Second Life and um and and basically I was never that close to the wife but the but 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 she she'd always been like my patron and bought my art and kind of like sponsored me and there was another girl who was Singaporean and she also kind of like took me under her wing and was just kind of like you know like like this is like like let's hang out more and she, and but the both of them both had a lot of money in Second Life like they had like property and, and good houses and nice, you know, nice things that most free players didn't have. And it was then, I think, after the second, the, the Straight Time Story launched and I started talking to them and they're like, and I think like one of them I found out was like, um, she was like paralyzed from the neck down. So, it, and, and so basically her second life was her first life. And it was like a, it was like a really tragic story of how, you know, she she got into this accident, and her husband had left her with the kid, and now she plays Second Life, you know, with an assistant to like help her baby. And I think the other, and then my landlord who disappeared, I found out from her wife later that a week later that she had actually passed away, and she was like, the the, the both her and her wife were like terminal cancer sufferers, and the wife kind of had an inkling she was going to go, but she didn't know, and it took about a week for you know, her, her, um, for the landlord's uh, family to realize that they should reach out and contact Second Life, like her Second Life community. And then they had like a virtual funeral for her. And then I got evicted. Right. So I shut my account down and I just really didn't have the stomach to kind of pick it back up because <laughs> after, after knowing everyone's backstory, you're just kind of like, it's, it's much harder to fantasize when you're like aware that, Aware you know, of the real the, stuff, right? Of the the gravity that yeah. everyone else is experiencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. I think that that experience was also true for me because it in in a way. I mean, I didn't dress up as a as a woman, but um, uh, I've met real people, and when they unravel their stories, I mean, I've met cancer patients as well, and and yeah. their it is actually their version of the first life in second life because Love they it. cannot yeah. envision and or they cannot basically just do the things that they wanted to do in their real life so it's, it becomes like their uh, projection of of what they would like to do and because it's a world of possibilities right you can basically do anything um mm -hmm. stuff like you can fly like what right um yeah. you can you can so own it's like the most basic thing that everyone can do <laughs> like yeah. wow we can fly and everyone's like oh, and teleport 
<laughs> the first the first hour is just like you flying around everywhere like 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 a fool, right? So it's so yeah. so funny. Um and the fact is you can own a house, you can own property, and I mean in 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 actual fact it doesn't cost as much to own something like that in, in right. uh, second life. So it's like it's like really living a virtual uh, life, but yeah. it becomes your real life eventually. And I've seen people who get hooked on it for almost every single minute of their day. It becomes their, it becomes an obsession, right? It, every time they, they, the, the moment yeah. they wake up, they are on it all the way until they sleep. I'm like, wow, that's, that's all that they do. Um, so it's a fascinating thing. I, I, I think it, it, it was featured in a few articles, not just uh, Straits Times, over in the news media. I think there were a lot of um, real relationships uh, in the world that got mm-hmm. broken up because people got involved or too involved in Second Life and you know you mm-hmm. can get married in Second Life and stuff like that um, and uh, husbands and wives find themselves being married in their Second Life and then it becomes a uh, a question is like what's, what's really going on and like you said right. when things when things unravel it becomes a bit hmm now the question uh, the question of what is this all about and how does it impact your real life comes into play. But um, right. when you are initially involved, these things don't, question, don't, don't come up to you, right? When, uh, when I first got involved in Second Life, it was just, I was into the, the party scene, the, the, the nightclub scene, right? It, it was... Right, um, which sounds silly, right? Because you're yeah, like, you know. where, where, where do you get those endorphins from? And yeah. actually, you know, it's like, like you forget how social humans are that when socialization re- like hits that place like you you trigger all the same things even though like like just because you know that you're dealing with other humans correct so it, it, the the funny part is you don't have to be in a club to enjoy the same endorphins like you said um and mm-hmm. and most of the time it's just you viewing that avatar dancing and then you're like yeah, in your brain, it's like, yeah, I'm dancing, but you're actually not. Um, right. And and the social interactivity is the same, right? You're still like, yep. someone, you're still talking to someone, although it is just viewing via uh, text. Um, but the, the kind of response that you get is kind of similar um, to a point. Right. Which, I've, which is the interesting bit. Um, social norms are kind of out the window because and even though you are you are in a virtual space the 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 norms that you normally would take in a social setting is actually kind of out the window because you are not really you you are impersonating a, another human or another character um right which dissolves some barriers uh, around your physical space and your your mindset a little bit right you are a bit more daring. It, it does. <laughs> it does. And it also kind of like, like because you're doing something so unnatural, it kind of like makes you like, like I remember like the first time I was kind of like masquerading as this like pole dancing person and someone started like sexting my character and I was like, oh fuck, how do you do this? <laughs> I was like, this is, this, is, this is a really different part of my brain I've never used before. <laughs> Like pretending to be a woman and right. then sexting back to a dude right. who I'm really not into. <laughs> but because you're so committed to the character, you're kind of like, shit, what would my character say? You know, yeah. what would her actual response be? And you kind of like start like using your imagination to kind of like solve this like 
weird imaginary problem that you've like backed yourself into and you, and you know like and then when it works out you're like phew that was not sexual <laughs> at all but i'm glad i passed you know it's like 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 passing the robot test right right blade runner you're kind of like how do i prove that i'm like still a human but <laughs> even though none of these feelings are reciprocal yeah it's true it's it, it becomes like a, a like a puzzle right like how do you solve this puzzle right. but it's intriguing as well um although to a point it can be manipulative but I mean, I mean, it's a hundred. Everyone's manipulating. You're like you are manipulating yourself to believe that you are this like nightclub cam girl, right? <laughs> when, when actually, you know, you're just another schlub sitting in front of a screen talking <laughs> to true. a schlub. That's true. That's true. And I'm like, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a weird it's a weird high, right? Because you, you do that a few times and you kind of like get through it, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's the thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, where is Second Life now? Like, is it still around? Are people still living Second Lives? I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is still around. It's gotten. It's gotten. Um, I mean, I mean, it wasn't as big as before, but I think it's gotten a little. It's got. It. It has been stabilized. They introduced new features. I think I'm not sure if they introduced the VR yet, but the last I've heard of it is when they introduced the voice. Right, it's when people started talking, so it became a bit right. weird because you can actually hear voices um, instead of just typing. So they, they used to have this this typing uh, uh, animation where yeah. when someone is is talking and then you see the character actually typing like that. <laughs> so funny, uh, <laughs> but now yeah. it's been it's been changed into actual lip sync and actual talking so it's not actual lip sync it's just like the, the, the character moving their lips um, when they're right. talking so it, it, it becomes a little bit jarring to a point that like, oh wait this is too close to reality um, at the right. same time um, this is this wasn't what I was I was looking for because we're just having fun right like just, just yeah. uh, having your virtual so- self yeah, so cause listening to the two of you talk, I, I just can't stop thinking about how much we are willing to bend our reality, right? Like, at some point, you can bend your reality so far over that you can tip over and then your second life becomes your first life or there's no distinction between your second life and your first life. And when there's no distinction, then the, 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 the dissonance starts to make a difference. Meaning if you live a very different second life, then you start to feel those contradictions, inherent contradictions. But if your second life very much is relatively similar to your first life, so I feel like for example, when you got into art and you were like producing art pieces, that was a parallel between your, your real life and, and your virtual life, right? And so that never became a source of conflict for you or that never became like a, a source of uh, tension or confessional or, or anything because there was not much that you had to resolve. Um, but, but I'm also right. thinking like, you know, if, if you push that boundary, if you push our reality far enough, at some point the whole model fails because we inherently need consonants. We, we inherently need like a life that, that we understand and that we live and that it makes us feel like a wholesome, authentic self. But I don't know as we move further, I mean, since Second Life, you know, virtual reality has become even more mature, right? And, and the science fiction fantasy worlds that we could potentially right. live in is, even, is, is pushing that even further. And, and maybe that will force us to um, stick to very mixed reality kind of context where we try not to pretend too much that we're, we're something that we're not. Because if we did, we would end up like in the Second Life space. But I, 
talk about it in the context of RPGs because like RPGs, like you guys are completely different people from who you really are, right? Like warriors, hunters, I don't know, fantasy <laughs> Zeldas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, just going back to your point, like, I mean, I think there's a, like a very fine line between like, like solving, solving problems with or living life with the imagination hat on, right? Because I think there's, you know, even in reality, there's a little bit of this like, fake it till you make it kind of like, like you have to pretend to be the person who you want to be and eventually you'll become that person. And I think that's definitely happening a lot in, in virtual reality. And, you know, like whether it's like in, you, know, you talk about like catfishing scams or, you know, like the first, the first millionaire in second life, she actually made a million dollars, you know, and she did it through her second life persona, but she was making like a, a million us dollars and just cashing that check and going, okay, that's my, that's, that's what second life got me. I'm happy. I can, I can like keep going or I can like call it off. But that, but that is a very real bump. I think when like, like the really interesting thing for me was, I, I don't know if you guys have this on Netflix in Singapore, but they had like the, it's like three, three, it's like some, it's like, I, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was like three days before a really big event. So it's like three days before the Westminster Dog Show or three days before the biggest like electronic gaming festival. And when I was looking at these e-gamers, I was like, wow, you guys are like, not like you, you guys are doing the opposite of like, you know, a second life. You are optimizing your first life to win at second life, right? You're like drinking caffeine drinks. Everyone's like, you know, like, like living this kind of like detoxified dieting lifestyle. Like they're eating like real Olympic athletes and conditioned to sleep and, you know, like, like have those hours and the twitch reflexes. And at the same time, they're getting paid a lot of real money, you know, and if they lose those endorsements and if they, if their team loses, they lose a, a ton of cash. And I was like, that's crazy. Cause it's almost like the matrix where you're just kind of like, you're, you're keeping your body, your, your biological frame, alive and soylent so you can plug your brain into like dota right and it's like i <laughs> yeah i feel like that like it, it's it's the the ability to earn money and sustain your real life by having an amazing second life is like so huge these days that you know like i i, I find it difficult to kind of like draw that line and where you know like how fake is too fake because when you fake it so hard or or rather when you apply so much reality and when you like plug your entire limbic system into a video game suddenly and and suddenly there's a way to maintain that system without hunting and gathering and just doing all of that stuff on the on a video game i'm like that's that has to yeah <laughs> like that's a pretzel my brain can't quite get out of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that because I think the way we work these days are so much, so different. I mean, just look at us. We are, we are conversing via virtual means, right? Um, going back to RPG and going back to to the idea of earning money through through video games. Um, I think the hook of Second Life is also one of, uh, which is still available now, is the idea of the economy, right? It's the idea of I can. Earn money without doing or without having anything in advance, without any having anything in as a capital, because um, is as long as you're kind of creative, as long as you're you have some form of um, output, 
um, there is a possibility that you can make money in Second Life, which is transferable transferable into real cash. So right. I think I think that was that was the hook of Second Life in, in to a get great contrast where of course you will invite uh, the sexual industry first <laughs> as, as always <laughs> they will pave the way gambling second gambling second <laughs> um, and then everything else comes after right so so I, right. I, I find that that thing that the economy was very interesting and that was what got me hooked earlier on in that right. journey um, the idea of that hey because I was still in college I was like thinking what is the best way to make money without lifting my butt off my seat, right? And and when I when I came across this platform, I was like, whoa, wait, hang on a second. I can do stuff. I can create stuff, and I can sell them. I was like, what? This is ridiculous, right? And to a point where right. I actually took time to learn Photoshop on my own, so that I can <laughs> I can create stuff and sell it uh, on on the streets, and. So what drove me forward was the fact that I found a partner and she was also a Singaporean and it was the first person that I actually have, like first friend that I actually have and I met physically to discuss business stuff, right? And also, I was still in college, right. like, what? This is ridiculous. This is totally out of the brain wave that I, I was ever thinking of when I first joined this platform. Like, it was like mind-blowing. And right. we, we did projects together. We even got hired for a period in time to build houses and stuff like that. So it was like, that was mind-blowing. I, I was totally not expecting that out of just a simple virtual uh, experience. Like no other game gives you this capability. We have video games out mm-hmm. in the world these days. Yes, there are video game athletes that are being paid more than real athletes. Even to this day, it's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it's happening <laughs> yeah. now, right? It's mind blowing, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you have teens that are in their what, 15, 16s, and they're earning millions of dollars just by playing yeah. video games. It's ridiculous. Um, nobody would have thought of that. But the 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 difference between like virtual uh, that idea of Second Life with um, video games is the idea of economy. Um, you have single, um, I mean, uh, a single output economy where the only, single input economy where you are only the contributor, um, whereas in Second Life, you are the contributor and you can also be the one that is receiving uh, money. Um, right, so and you're also a developer to a degree, right? Because you're yeah, exactly. level designing and you're designing items and props and you know, like like people are duplicating your items, right? Oh, it's yes. like it's, it's it's cool. It's like, and, and I think I think that that hasn't that hasn't been replicated well in a, in in at least in any of my experience in my like latest gaming experiences. Not not as but well that, as yeah. as as there are out there out there. I mean, you have you still have Dota Dota two where people are building like costumes, people are building, you know, small little gotcha. things and, and people right. are purchasing them. But it's not as big yeah. as, as, as what we have in, in Second Life. So I, th- I thought that was right. like its own thing. I mean, to, t- to say it's a video game, I don't think it's fair because it's more than just a game on its own. It is like its own right. hybrid 
mutant thing that is existing out there in the world. Um, it's kind I mean, of difficult. Kind of like the, the, it was like the precursor to like Minecraft, and I feel like mm. you had this like split before Minecraft came. They were just like, okay, how do we make Minecraft like just the like I think they made a Second Life team. Right? Yes. Shortly after Second Life. Yes. And it was very much like learning how to build prims and learning how to like, it was like Lego and yeah. with, with friends. And I think like Second Life, like, well, sorry, uh, Minecraft did that fantastically yeah. in that they were just kind of like, okay, you know, let's keep it basic, keep it very like controlled and, and almost make like, like they added a layer of physics that Second Life never had. You know, there was a level yeah. of science that you had to learn, like you had to get through like wood to, to get to, fire to get to metal to get to you know like your your ores to get to like iron and then eventually you can like you know hack rock so so there was like this kind of like really interesting like level of reality they put on on minecraft that second life just never bothered with because they were just like you deal with enough of that shit in real life you don't need that <laughs> yeah we're giving you a fantasy physics, world. who cares about physics let's yeah. go fantasy world do whatever you want let's go <laughs> So why why do you think yeah. why do you think like Minecraft can can sustain itself in this simplified form with with kids and and, and big kids, but Second Life just just couldn't. And and I mean the, the, one of the questions that comes to mind is you know how we grew up, right? The dissonance for people mm-hmm. who were born in the eighties uh, or seventies who were in Second Life at that point in time or older, right? Um, the dissonance was felt more acutely within each individual. Right. But then. Quite frankly, I feel like kids these days don't feel the dissonance as much. They they are very much the same person, whether they have an online persona or an offline persona. They they don't experience that that jarring sort of code switch um, when when they when they transcend um, environments, right? right? Um, but I mean, I me myself, I've always I've always found the dissonance very very hard. Right, because you you've asked me to come into Second Life before to check out your art exhibition. You've asked me to come on Westwood. You ask me all the time to go into these worlds that where you are way more comfortable than I am, and I I'm really like an outsider with my eyes wide open. Like, holy crap, what in the world is this? My brain cannot handle um, this 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 false false not false but fake like you know this alternate reality, right? Um, if Second Life were to launch today, which is a more uh, open format of Minecraft, I actually think that mm-hmm. the kids who grew up on Minecraft will have less of an issue in that space just because of the way that they've been existing in multiple realities. Whether it's social media, real life, um, gaming life, Minecraft life, uh, I, I, I don't see them code switching or needing to code switch as much. I don't think they compartmentalize these things so sharply in their minds. Um, whereas I think for us, you know, it was a big shift because we, we evolved in a very analog world. And then suddenly, like you said, super open format, right? Suddenly right. You, you could be a completely different person, like living a very tragic real life, but then a very beautiful fantasy life. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure out how you make sense of that. Like, I mean, I, I make sense of it in that, yeah, we, we were a very different generation. You know, like, I feel like Gen, um, I guess, millennials were, were kind of like still grew up in a pretty conservative landscape where we weren't exposed to those ideas that early. So by the time we became like, like got to our 20s, Second Life was an escape 
well. So I think to a lot of the current generation, they'd be like, what? You want me to like do all that, like grind all of that crap so I can get nothing? (laughs) You know, know? I feel like there's so many outlets for every, like, like they're like basically every sort of sub genre in, in second life has manifested itself into some online community, you know, and with the, with, you know, places like 4chan and like Reddit, you know, where people can find, like, can can literally bring the stuff that they were fantasizing about and you'd normally build a second life to find out about, like, they can just do in their real life because their real life is so, you know, like, this is their real life. Like, I want to teleport my friend into my living room, think, you know, like, and, and, and we're talking and, you know, like, and, and I think, like, in, in our t- in our day, that was like you know like <laughs> us, us just kind of musing about flying avatars and teleporting was like that's that's the best it would get you know and now I think with like the internet accelerated um, I think imagination has the imagination of 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 the virtual has caught up with reality like I think like actually one of the the, the biggest um, letdowns in Second Life for me was. I remember like going, like just flying out of the main area into like these private worlds and going like, oh my God, I can't wait to see like the crazy shit inside people's heads. And it was the boring, the most boring ass mech mansion shit. It's like <laughs> everyone had this like layer cake house with some kind of like fake Lambo or Ferrari outside and like a shitty like Nantucket yacht or something. And you're just like, wow, you could do anything. You can bend gravity, you can fly. And all you thought to build was your crappy six bedroom manor with a, (laughs) you know, like some kind of like garden feature in a car. You're just like, where are you going to drive the car to? You can fly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and, and now I'm thinking about Westworld, right? Like, like to, when I watched Westworld, I remember thinking, wow, this is really interesting. Like the, the, the whole representation of what people feel like they need to do in a alternate reality so that they can get stuff out of their system and how much they're still very tied to their their real reality. But somehow in Second Life, at least in your experience and for the people that you met and you realized that they they allowed themselves the freedom to bend their reality, like what's that about? Like when... Yeah, when when do we figure don't st- don't veer too far off, and when do we figure you know what? Let's just completely turn our world up, upside down. So I think like yeah, the Westworld analogy is a really good one because it's like because because that's when you start to get into real game programming, right? Because like Westworld was actually like a very intricately made like simulation of another world where and and you had this like second class of like npc characters that you could do anything with and i think that's where that's where like the massively multiplayer online game starts to shine because you know like like i think by playing with other humans you know on this like equal playing field where everyone's a builder or a consumer you can have like a level of that but you can't be like the the amount of adrenaline you get like aside from the endorphins of like having a good conversation you know like like you you can't go out and butcher someone for instance and you know and, yeah. and execute a lot of those base fantasies that you know your your basic you know 60 dollar video game like call of duty will allow you to do wanton like destruction and it's like oh what is it like if i shoot a rocket at point blank oh that's what happens haha 
you know, it's like, or like Grand Theft Auto will give you that, you know, feeling. So I feel like like the moment like, like video games like, like GTA Online came out, and I think the one that I'm currently obsessed with is Fallout 76, which is kind of like everything I kind of always wanted West, like uh, Second Life to be. Um, I think it was like, um, it, it started to get really interesting. And I think like now we're in this kind of like second wave of like, triple a titles starting to get into the world of this you know like like what if we just made a massive online sandbox a la second life but we made very strict rules very hard enemies and tons of npcs that you know evolved the law of this land and kind of gave it a, a a little bit of of charm and character and i think that's that's sort of like at least you don't have to invent your own fun. You don't have to, like, like, cause in, in, in Second Life, if you were to do that, you'd have to look for your, you know, where's the Fallout community and where the, where's the wasteland? And some guy, some poor guy had to invent the texture for sand and some guy had to write a script for dust. You know, someone had to make the Mad Max car and, you know, and, and then someone had to like write the rules of, rewrite the rules of physics that you can't fly in here and you have to like, trudge everywhere and you need water and you know and suddenly you have like a much more gamified um virtual experience and i think that's that's kind of like where the the current state of play is tell me me. more about fallout 76 i don't know anything about this game malik do you know anything about fallout 76 yeah a little bit um okay so so introduce introduce this to me because i i don't know anything and 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 so and i feel like there might be some people (laughs) listening one or two okay so I've I've been like a giant Fallout nerd ever since like the very first Fallout video game came out in like I don't know 1999 2000 yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and I had my 586 or something that I was playing it on or my Pentium one, and it was like, <laughs> and it was like this top-down um, world, but it was so like it it was so like um just like dark. And like the the humor was so black, it was just amazing. It was basically like the the, con- the concept is like in, in some kind of like nostalgic America, where you know like they 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 like the Buck Rogers future had happened, where everything was like powered by atoms, and you know there was like fission fission powered cars, and you know like and and so to, it's set in like 2077. America goes to war with China. Everyone fires nuclear weapons at each other and blows each. The whole world goes to split smithereens. But just, but because they knew that was happening, they built these like giant vaults underground, and that's where they stored all the the next generation of America. And so basically, um, all every every fallout kind of kicks off with someone emerging from a vault. So like all of these vaults mysteriously didn't open at the same time. They opened sequentially like sometimes decades sometimes a hundred years apart and and basically you are you are always this kind of like new human right you've kind of spent your entire life in this like metal vault with everything you need and you're kind of like either either for the sake of the vault because something's broken or you know like your vault is actually i think in the event of like vault 76 you're like the official vault that was gonna um repopulate uh West Virginia and 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 basically you you're like the graduating class of vault whatever and you go out and you go you know try to rebuild America so that's kind of like the, the backdrop and then and of course like all the naive vault dwellers run into like everything that's like 
all the people who couldn't afford to get into the vault who are now mutated or become super mutants or have like turned into a Mad Max gang because they've had like 70 years to build this like savage empire. And, and all of the cities are now like, you know, it's very heavily Mad Max inspired and very like heavily like inspired by a lot of like nightmare monsters and kind of like, you know, the cockroaches are now 20 times the size and can eat you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like it's a scary, it's a scary place, but but for some reason, like the humor of the game developers, in kind of like making all of these weird, like like oh oh that's still a thing. Like I think like one of the currency is like a bottle cap from this or from basically Coca Cola. So Coca Cola was so widely distributed that the equivalent, which is called New Coca Cola, is like like the the caps from the soft drinks are now the current like the official currency of the United States. So it's oh like, so, so you have a few like just shitty kind of like, oh, this is like a crappy corporation and they actually did lead to the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, I love and, it. And, you, and then like all of these like, like strange, like, you know, like, like all the bleeding hearts who want to save the wasteland versus like the raiders who just want to like kill and, you know, like have their own version of like uh, bureaucracy. And like, you know, like some people have turned to like, you know, every different type of government is like, you know, from like your despots to your, just like um, uh, there's like a Caesar, like I, I know in like in New Vegas there was one that was like, which is really funny because like it's like Caesar's palace and then they had like Caesar's legion, and he'd like <laughs> reconstituted all of these people in in the in the vision of like the Roman Empire slash, you know Caesar's the casino, <laughs> oh you know like like you have these yeah. like very very like bizarro mashups of kind of like people grabbing every part of history to try and rebuild uh, like whatever they think the new society is and wait every but, but fallout... these are these are like individual players sort of developing these storylines or it's... no no no, no. So, so this is this is sorry I, I i i regress fallout is a long time standing series so imagine like um i'm trying to think of a imagine star wars right right and basically there's like episode episode one to so episode four to six. six, and then they reboot, and then they had the they went back in time, and then they go yeah, back and, and forth. One, two, three, yeah, yeah. Basically, Fallout did all of that, and then they got to seventy six, and they were like, "Hey, let's make a new kind of Fallout because everyone loves our Fallout games." And there must have been like seven or eight of them by now, even though we're still the last one was Fallout Four, oh. but before Fallout Four, they rolled out tons of Fallout. Um, so before Fallout, um. After Fallout 4, everyone was like, oh, we can't wait for Fallout 5. And then Bethesda, who make Fallout, were like, joke, joke, we're not going to make Fallout 5. We're going to make Fallout 76, which is <laughs> the first vault that ever opened in America. And it's about, like, everyone who's, like, the like the breast and brightest going out to rebuild it. And the reason why we're doing that is because every single person in Fallout 76 will be a human. So no matter who you meet, everyone you meet on the wasteland will be a real human player. And it kind of started, and that was like the premise. So it was like, basically the, the idea behind Fallout 76 was like the most purest, like idyllic version of like Fallout where you are literally the first humans to inhabit Earth again after the bombs had dropped and all the horrors of the wasteland are for you to fight and conquer. And, you know, like you invite your friends, you build your own homes, you create your own cities together, you create your own, you know, like defenses and, and, and you and you have to fight off other players who have made their own tribes. So that was kind of like the the, the premise. It was very pure, and it was very like 
idealistic and it didn't work at all. It was a shit show. <laughs> I think for like two for for like two years or at least a year, every like everyone who bought Fallout 76 was just like it was just mired in like disaster. Everyone was just like, this is the worst game, there's so many bugs. They like rushed it out before it was like before they beta tested it. And what they didn't really know was that Fallout kind like Bethesda, who are like the parent company of Fallout, kind of pulled a fast one because because they were kind of like, well, we'll never really be able to beta test this until unless we beta test this like quantitatively and qualitatively. And the best way to do that is just put it out there. So what what the people what the early Fallout seventy six adopters luckily I didn't I it, it wasn't me because. I was kind of like already when they they announced the premise, I was like, no, that's not the kind of game I normally like to play. I hate massively online, like I hate socializing in games. Like, don't like I want to enjoy my own Fallout and do my own thing. Don't like put me in like, <laughs> don't make me fight other people for it. Yeah. Um, and and so like I I immediately was like turned off by that premise. And then this year, like a month ago. They basically said, hey, okay, we've heard everything you've complained about. We're going to make this crazy big patch. And basically, we're going to put Fallout 5 inside Fallout 76. But you can only play Fallout 5 if you download 40, Fallout 76 and play it with everybody else at the same time. So it was kind of, and they called it like the Wastelanders update, which is basically kind of like they, they wrote all brand new storylines, put like non-playable characters in and just filled this world with life they like got hundreds of voice actors to do all the different like like everyone from the the poor guy wandering down the street to you know like like re-scripting all the main characters um where previously they were just like scraps of paper that you would pick up like an escape room trying to figure out and like robots that you talk to so so basically when they when i heard that i was like ah like i hate fallout 76 but i really love the writing and the world and I just want to get back into the world and experience a new Fallout story. So that that for me was what got me onto 76. And I have to say, since I got there, it's like I mean, I totally understand why 76 didn't work. Because like when you talk to the players and you have this like eleven year old kid who got it for Christmas the year before. <laughs> and, and he's like, hey, do you want to learn how to make a fission generator? Because I've got the schematic here. And I was like Thanks. Uh, do you have uranium? Because I need some uranium to build it. They're like, yeah, I've got infinity uranium. Take it. <laughs> just like, it's like, wow, that really like destroys any sense of like the wasteland. You're like, we're we're no longer scrappers. You're just a kid that got it two Christmases before me and has everything. Right. But um, but at the same time, you know, like because of the pandemic, you're kind of like, let's let's just meet people if this was like so there are times when i turn to fallout 76 and i'm like i just need fallout to shut up and go on mute and stealth around and there are other times where i just need people and i go to it for second lifestyle things where i'll be like you just join a party you team up you're you're fighting monsters but really you're just like talking about covid and what lockdown is in (laughs) like in their state (laughs) or in the case of a 14 year old kid you're kind of like (laughs) <laughs> how'd you score that loot Did I have it? <laughs> oh that's so interesting I mean it feels like the perfect balance because I with COVID as well like there 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 seems to be less of a need to fantasize because all our basal needs are, are really still deprived of us right so 
just the, a simple conversation or a simple sort of like objective that you can do collectively and collaboratively already feeds mm-hmm. that innate desire that we need that's been denied us um, because because of lockdown, right? Um, right. So, so I really like that. I really like how how that same platform now can be a place for you to be alone, right? But it can also be a place where you can you can seek out others. I think the, the, the premise of COVID actually brought that need to a different level, right? Because back, uh, be, even without Fallout 76 releasing the update, there are so many other games out there like Skyrim Online. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's so many, so many out there. There's tons to choose from. Um, but the need wasn't there because there's always this, this idea of, oh, it's just another MMO RPG, right? And, and people are going to do the same things over and over again. There'll be griefers, there'll be, there'll be people who are just having a lot of money and they just spend money and they just basically have everything. But the, so it becomes repetitive to a point where when you join a single, singular world or singular universe, you see the same behavior and there's nothing to it. But the idea, because of the pandemic, it brought a different need of socializing because we have, we cannot socialize in our current in our current um, state. So this brought about the need to talk to people. For example, like like you said, right? Um, uh, I mean, for me, when I'm playing games, I'm just I just want to be myself. I just I don't want to talk to people, right? Um, same same thing uh, with you, like what you said earlier. So that that idea of I cannot go out with my friends now and I cannot speak to anybody other than the people in my house that, that, that need to talk to someone brings about that brings the, the idea of having or playing an MMO a bit more uh, relevant to, to what, what, what we're doing, right? So, so Fallout became your platform of choice, your video game of choice. Um, and it's totally relevant because I want to talk to someone. I want to do stuff with someone. And that's the only way mm-hmm. I can do it. And I feel like it's also interesting because like compared to like Second Life where you have this like persona you've created in Fallout, you don't really need to adhere. Like I find like with the new generation of gamers, they don't even bother making a character that yeah. sounds like... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's like, well, like, like everyone is just like talking in their normal voice. No one's like, you know, like like if you're like respectful outdoors, you're still respectful online. You know, right. like a lot of, you know, it's, it's really funny when like you work with like a, like a Southern player and they're like, like they go like, sir, or ma'am. And you're just like, <laughs> strange, but you know, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's interesting. So, so when, imagine, imagine, you know, when, when this pandemic sort of dies down a little bit and, and the need for socialization, um, or, or socializing, sorry, um, dissipate somewhat. Like, how how would this experience of like three to four months of of finding um, social contact online gonna change when you now have real contact as a alternative? And then you really do have a choice: do I want to hang out with someone in real life, or do I want to hang out with someone in Fallout seventy six? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to change a whole lot. Like, I've always played a ton of video games. I think I think now I'm a little less shy to go up to people and be like, hey, you want to hang out for, you know, <laughs> an undefined <laughs> amount of time until we get sick of each other's company. <laughs> but it's like, 
because it was funny like i like uh, there's another big video game that's also got an online component called um red dead redemption yes and and red dead's like a stunning game it's like it's so like i i i'd actually stopped playing red dead because it you know like um, a lot of my friends had stopped playing it but then like when covid happened i it was, it was it's, this will sound really lame but i was like i i'm on the red dead um reddit and people started paint, posting paint like watercolor paintings of red dead because they couldn't go to the central park and do a watercolor painting anymore so they would like park their horse stare at a vista and paint it and like upload their like watercolor <laughs> awesome. and i was like and i was like that's such that's so wild that it's like people are treating red dead like like a hike you know it's like mm-hmm. going to see the outdoors because like it was it's it's a gorgeous game and it's like um and it's got you know i i won't bore you with the de- with why it's gorgeous but it's just like a, it's like walking through like a, an oil painting all the time and um and yeah I, I actually got back on on red dead like got a few of my friends back on red dead and we were just like let's you know, and I heard like uh, there was a company who does their corporate meetings in Red Dead, oh, <laughs> which wow. I thought was amazing. <laughs> it was just like they're like it's so much better than Zoom because yeah. you know you can all sit sit by the fireside, have a chat, talk about your stuff, and then you can go and kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> you know, um, but I was like, it's like that. Like when I heard that, I was like you know, I think this is the future. Right now with Zoom, you can switch your silly background, but one day we'll all run computers with processors that will be able to like remote process all the graphics for something stunning like Red Dead. And, you know, we'll, we'll spend, we'll spend time there. But, you know, if you ask anybody, like, like, like even now, like, I, I don't think I spend a lot more time on video games than I normally do. I think it's it's a lot more it's a lot more regimented now because I'm like oh like we have this like routine thrust upon us but but at the same time I, I like I I don't think the addition of people to video games like I think I think the first time I actually noticed like video games like having a big impact on my social life was probably when I when I started playing like Battlefield and Call of Duty and I was like um and one one of my friends is like pretty broy. So he he like this is Chuan Stephanie. Oh, so nice! He, <laughs> because he he like games through the night, and yeah. and he ends up like like hanging out with all of these other bros from other countries, and and basically like whenever I squad up with him, and you got on like a seven man squad and like battlefield, and it's like I was just like holy shit, this is just like the bar two point It's like everyone's <laughs> a bit everyone's a bit drunk. Everyone's talking about their woman or their relationship or their life or you know, like, or, or just like, like, you know, like talking real loose about like politics or whatever is like, like keeping them up that night as, and you know, and, and the, the video game is really just in the background, you know, mm-hmm. and you're really just kind of playing the video game and shouting out good shot or, Hey, Hey, help me out here. And then it's like, and it's back to the topic at hand, you know, people are like giving advice, people are crying, people are drinking, everyone's drinking. <laughs> it's like and it's basically it's just like it's just like the equivalent of like turning up to your neighborhood bar and just talking to the randos there i feel like if anyway if anything it's like a more open thing because you're like nobody knows who each other are 
you know, you might disagree and get into a tiff, but then you're just like, you're still my squad mate and I value you. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's, I think to a degree, yes, it is just like that because you have that wall of anonymity with you. Um, there's no judgment call at the end of the day because that's why right. we find ourselves talking very loose over the air because there's nobody judging you at the end of the day. Um, and it's very easy to talk to a stranger, right? Compared to yeah. someone that you know or a relative or a friend. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's the whole idea of... of I, I mean, I find it interesting because I never had that, that relationship with someone who is in a squad or is playing online games with me. Um, a, a rando that, that sticks together because a rando usually is just a rando that... <laughs> Once you see them and then they're gone, right? Um, the most I've played with is with my longtime friend and, and whenever we play together, we, it's just the two of us and we're just either um, joining with a random group and just throwing shit out there and like, oh yeah, you stupid man. <laughs> you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And just, having, just having a whale of a time amongst ourselves. Um, but we don't see them again uh, and... and and it's just it's just the two of us, right? Having fun on 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 online. So I find that the interaction that you have is very interesting because, yeah, it's uh, something that I've not experienced before, <laughs> especially when. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like especially like like um America, like like, and I think I think there's there's a lot to say about like where kind of like masculinity and like like. So the like guy hobbies are like uh, right. shifting, right? Because I feel like oh, you know, it's like like no one is going to be like, oh, hey, this is like my like. I feel like the golf group is probably like the last remaining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like tennis is having a resurgence, but like at the same time, you don't have like a lot of like you know guys going out to roughhouse each other, or you know like like going on like massive bar vendors all the time because it's like. You know, I feel like the the culture has like now that video games have become such a big part of like the the masculine landscape. Not to say that girls aren't in video games, but guys are like guys adopt video games at least in my generation a lot earlier, and uh, they adopt multiplayer a lot earlier. So this has become like a big piece of kind of like the the normal guy socialization. Like it's very. Like and yeah, uh, I don't know. It's 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 a very weird thing to kind of just like go go into work and everyone's just like talking. Like all the guys are just talking about the new <laughs> the new Red Dead. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you new exactly. It's like like Red Dead is like is is like an on point topic, and literally all like everyone's just talking about the Lamat revolver and whether it's better than, <laughs> you know whether it's worth saving up all your gold to spend it on. Right. <laughs> And people are debating about how fast you finish the game, or whether you spend on this one, and, and you and you go on Reddit, and there are these like vast communities making like in jokes and comments about Lenny and Boy, and you know like and and whatever you do, like like there's there's just this like weird like subsect of kind of like guys who play a lot of video games, and like there's like a strange bonding that happens on them even if it's not directly on the platform and it's like off where it's someone where you follow that Reddit and you're just like talking to people or commenting on the thread. I think like it's, yeah. 
I feel like bro bonding is very activity driven in the same way that bros like to talk about sports because it's activity driven, right? So you're not actually playing the sport or maybe you play together once a month or once every week, but it, it, it's so critical to the conversation to be able to Mm -hmm. talk about an activity, something action oriented. And then you're talking about the people in the action or the mechanics of the action or gossip around the action or like uh, techniques around, you know, you can, I, I see that with sports. I see that even um, with with video games. I, I see that just the way that guys talk to one another. It's it, you can swap out the activity, but the the nature of the conversation sounds yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it it's gendered. It feels gendered at least. But I don't know. It's true. I mean, sports is a game. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but like then how how do how. But like you're you're in the creative field, right? You're in advertising. You you do right. a lot of visual art kind of work, or like right. um, you know video production, directing, producing um, ads, and and all that. How how, how does that be, does that become like an activity driven bro conversation as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I feel like. Like, like guys interface with advertising a lot differently from the, my, my like female colleagues, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and just like, like to give you context, um, like we all, like normally as a creative, you work with a creative partner. So my last mm-hmm. two creative partners have, are, have been women and probably like the three before that were, were guys. And, mm-hmm. and, and I do think that there's a lot more, um, yeah, like, like you definitely, like, like, like advertising is a lot more gamified, I think, or whatever, like whatever industry I think is a little more gamified when you talk within guys, like, you know, like, like I know even, even between myself and, you know, like my, my bosses and my peers, you know, like you're very, you're very kind of like hyper aware of like, like what, what other people have done, you know, like what accolades are doing, what's, you know, and, and, and you talk about the kind of like trends of the industry as if it were a game. You know, and you're just, everyone's kind of like talking about the like like how how to win the ad game, right, or the creative game. <laughs> what 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 director to work with to get because they're on a hot streak, or what look you want to try and deploy, or you know if you saw this concept like appear, you know like I like you know like I think like the latest thing was like how do you make how do you produce something during COVID nineteen times? How do you make a film with no camera? <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like 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 it's a it's a very like competitive like landscape in that that regard well also like when I work with my like my female colleagues I think they're definitely aware of that it's just not as exciting a conversation for them I think for them the the excitingness is getting to the truth and the truth of the matter and the feelings and kind of scratching the surface below all of that and going to like all right and where do we you know where do we stick the knife <laughs> and it's like and, and I think it's it's definitely like uh yeah and, and I, I definitely appreciate both and because I think like one gets really superficial like <laughs> you can ask Vanessa whenever I like hang out with the ad bro you know and <laughs> it's like like literally like like 90% of the conversation is so obtuse like anyone's anyone like from any other industry or any normal human beings who think so as would just be like, Oh my God, you guys are just nerds. Like, <laughs> it's, 
you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm sure it's the same in, you know, in, in coding as well, where it's kind of like, you know, like, like there are, there are certain things that you want to try and, and do. And there's like a, if you, there's like, you can look at the entire industry like a game, or you can also kind of look at the service you provide as a human. And I think like, it's, it's easier, like it's, it's, it's very satisfying um, both ways. But I think it's like, depending who you're in the presence of, you know, like you socialize differently. Yeah. Yeah. So then that makes me think about, you know, looking back to Second Life and looking back to Fallout 76, are women on these games different from the guys that you meet on these games? And, how, you know, what did you learn from being a female avatar in Second Life, but a, a, a male in real life? Yeah. So... So it was interesting that you asked that. Like, I feel like on Second Life, I was like, like, I, I think like ninety percent of the time I was just hanging out with who I perceived to be women. I don't know if they really were, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't give you You'll forensic proof that they were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there was, but there was a very um, non-competitive and just very kind of like uh, like I, I would say like like the, the relationships that you had were, were almost kind of like similar to one that you would have like with a therapist where you're kind of like oh how can I how can I take this to a deeper level of conversation and talk about something that isn't like fluffy to you and I think the challenge for me was always kind of with these people would be like, how can I not just like compliment you on your, you know, the amazing avatar that you're wearing because who gives a shit about that? And, you know, like, like talk to you about, you know, like how, like what drove you to make that or what inspired you to do this? And, you know, like, it's kind of like asking the right questions, which, and and I think like in, re in, in return, you know, I think like they, they were very like fast and loose with their, with like sharing their stuff with me. They were just kind of like, you know, like, like, Hey, you know, you seem like a genuine individual and I don't care if you're a man masquerading as a woman because you do it. Okay. Just, you know, don't, don't try it. Uh, and you know, like, and, and I don't think I was very manipulative and I don't think I had to be because I wasn't afraid of being griefed by them. I think that's always the thing with like guys, right? On, on the flip side of that, you kind of like, you hang out, you have your thing, you do the mission and then everyone gets slightly itchy and you're like, well, should we all just kill each other? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the frick? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. It's like, it's like, 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 like you, you like, like I remember like the best time I ever had on Red Dead was just like myself and Tom, who's like one of my friends in Australia. Like we were like yeah. trying to do this, like like trying to kill these other two guys and then suddenly this other guy came in and he was like total god level and started killing all of us and we were like okay like four of us let's make friends with each other and like go kill this guy <laughs> so we did and it was and it was hilarious and then the other guy like stopped bugging us and then literally after that we were just like okay now let's go back to killing each other but <laughs> only with knives okay <laughs> everyone's like everyone's doing it with knives and then suddenly someone shoot someone with a shotgun by accident and we're like okay fuck this we're going back to <laughs> and you know and i remember they were just like 
like and we were all still just, like talking to each other because we hadn't unfriended each other right. and it was just like you'd have the most hilarious conversations of just like everyone just trash talking each other you know someone ends up putting someone in a lasso and throwing them into a fire pit and everyone <laughs>, laughs because it's the most hilarious way to kill someone and you're just like but these that, that's like the the end game for a lot of these <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's such a different interaction really. And, and I think if like, right. if I, I wasn't a spectator, like, you know, and, and I know esports is a spectator sport as well, but uh, I, my sense, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that most of the spectators are, are guys, right? And, and they're living vicariously through the esport athlete um, and that women aren't watching it. But I would imagine if I was watching it, I would just be like, I don't understand the, the, the dynamic, you know, the, the, the interaction, right? Or uh, especially when, right. when, when, the, when the context evolves, like you said, where you guys band together when there's a common em- enemy, but when the common enemy is defeated, then suddenly you, are, you, be, you, you convert to, wait, now we're no longer aligned and now our interests are not aligned, we don't have a common enemy, then I have to kill you because otherwise I have nothing to do or, you know, or I lose my right. sense of self. Right, like you right, no right. longer become a, yeah. the game. The game is killing, right? And if you're, you're either helping each other kill or you're killing each other. And yeah. there's like, like the. So it's like I'm trying to think of because I I don't think it's a very fair comparison. I think like Second Life is obviously super social and, you know, like and, and, you know, uh, Red Dead is super killing orientated. Um, Wait, it's a beautiful scape, but then you kill other creatures in it so it's like gorgeous right. like monet and and van gogh kind of like well it's 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 basically a western so it's it's, it's basically west it's west world it's west world so yeah. every single oh, wow. every single creature is like an ai animal like every every hare every panther every bear every you know oh, pheasant so cool. and they all have their own life cycles and they all like at certain times of day they come and eat and they smell like if you if you kill like a fish and leave it lying around, you know, like another fish might come and eat it and then an eagle might come eat that fish and then you might shoot the eagle and then, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like, like they've built this like crazy ecosystem. So it is, it's basically Westworld and it's gorgeous like Westworld and, you know, like it's, there's a lot to love about, about it because it feels like the great outdoors. At the same time, you know, I think a lot of people criticize it because it's very like, it's almost like too realistic. It's like, you know, the way you move is very sluggish. It doesn't feel like a video game. You have to like uncock your rifle to put bullets in and, you know, load up your old, your old gun and feed your horse and, you know, eat, eat meat every night, sleep, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a very like, like a hands-on, like, like I think a, a lot of people call it like a cowboy simulator or like a, <laughs> there's like a, like a Tamagotchi element to it where you kind of yeah. like have to like, where always... time is not warped really. Like time, time yeah, yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Time is uh, realistic. And that's the, that's the one big thing that is a difference between most virtual and alternate worlds is the, the first right. thing you mess with is time. Right. Right. And I think like the, the ability to grief people, you know, or to bully people on was, is basically just heightens that anxiety. So every time you like kill a bear and you're like, oh, this is such a great, I killed an eight point buck, you know, and you're like, and you've skinned it and you're going to sell it to the butcher. And then like, you see someone else come and you're like, 
oh god he's gonna shoot me in the head <laughs> take my buck <laughs> yeah that's, that's i think i think that there's a commonality with between uh games that are coming out now and 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 games uh in the past in the in the past is a lot of of things that you do is objective driven and the current state of games that are being released now they have that survival element where you have to um basically uh serve your basic needs like eat sleep um where the days matters and things that happen in the day might be different in the night so that i think that was all tied together with red dead uh as it is which made it uh, the the prime example of what a good video game should look like with all of these elements tied together um you have ev- every other um iteration of a video game has bits and pieces of it but not as massive to a scale like red dead which makes it a grand stellar piece of art and in of itself right so yeah. so that's why you keep going back there i haven't dabbled my myself into it yet i'm still trudging through but i i feel like after this this whole episode malik's just going to spend the next few days like exploring more and more video games <laughs> i feel i He's... have a i have a whole library of them i haven't even touched yet i mean um if you play video games you know steam and whenever steam has a sale i basically collect every single title that is on sale and <laughs> i have so many of them in my library i haven't even started um i have a whole collection to go through that first before before i even touch red dead at the moment so i'm i'm pretty good i'm pretty good <laughs> for red dead yeah i feel like like i i have like a a very pe- peculiar style of video games that i like as well which is which is like not very competitive games like i don't like i i hate playing games where like that require a lot of like twitch reaction mm. like i i think call of duty is probably like the most competitive game i play mm. and i don't mind it because you know like if there's so many people it gets kind of muddy and sometimes you get opportune moments but i'm not going to get like overwatch or dota because i'm just like that's purely for competition yeah cuz i think i like i like video games where you can kind of like there's a sense of discovery and a sense of wonder and i feel like whenever the pressure and the adrenaline drives you you stop appreciating those things so like red dead for me is like the perfect video game where sometimes you're like switched on and you're like you can be competitive but 70% of the time you can just be like i'm minding my own business and enjoying the experience versus like you know like like stuff when when we went to that vr thing and you're like yeah. there're like two types of games one of them is like the space zombies and the other one is like this like weird like engineering yeah imaginarium and it was yeah. like like i i enjoy both you know like i enjoyed like i would enjoy space zombies even if it weren't even if the other players weren't there cuz i would mm-hmm. be like okay i like the i like the sting i think the the competitiveness would be like if if there were another team killing all the space zombies before we got there and then you were really upset because <laughs> now they had all the power and they could kill you that's yeah. what most multiplayer feels like where it's like you 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 meet these guys who've been on the, the game for like a month longer so their twitch reflexes and their characters are all like powered up and then you come on and you're like this is my first day and you're like <laughs> bam basically you spent <laughs> yeah, yeah 
it's like I remember like I think like Christmas is like the best day for most video game players because it's like that's the day all the teen all the tweens unwrap their video game for the first time and you just have this like massive like you're killed slug fest it's just like (laughs) yeah exactly you're you're killing all of Stephanie's nephews (laughs) opening their Christmas present games for the very first time (laughs) oh my gosh the poor kids, though. I mean, that's like their first like no, no, taste of. No, not poor them at all. Like they, they like, they're naturally so coordinated that like by week two the tables have turned. Like, yeah, that's true. I agree. <laughs> oh, Usually wow. with any Plus, they're, games, like, yeah, they're so good. But Plus, I think give them a week, they're they're great. Yeah, so there's and they're so good at teamwork as well. Like they can figure they 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 figure things out. Like they go like, oh, it's that kind of game. We're gonna apply this logic, and then you be this person, you be this person, you be this person. Okay, let's like we've got our roles, role play. Well, so with adults, you're kind of like, I don't want to be that shit person. Like, yeah, we don't need a medic. Whatever. <laughs> you're like, I just need an engineer to repair the bridge. And they're like, okay, I'm gonna have to die first. Oh, I'm still not dead. I got a helicopter. Bye. <laughs> you know, just like, so there's just like a very like. You know, like, like, I, I feel like when you're a teenager, you or a tween, you have that kind of like party boy sense of like, I've been, I've got my, my role to play in this team, and I'm very proud of it, like the Ninja Turtles. Where else, like, once you get to our age, you're kind of like, eh, I don't want to learn a new gun. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, that's true. I just, yeah. That's so interesting. And it's, it's also actually really heartening to hear that, you know, kids actually are more collaborative and, and a lot more um, willing to sacrifice their own self for, for the greater, the team good or the collective good. Um, and if adults don't do that, I guess, you know, part of it is our skepticisms. Part of it is just right. our very clear objective. We are on this game for a specific person, which is to get my shit off to relax before I have to go do the dishes. Like, you know, there are right. other other realities coming into like, no, I'm not going to give up my right to use my gun and kill the people I want. No. Um, but yeah. But yeah, hearing that teenagers are, are, you know, because they always talk about this, right? Like teens playing more and more games, they're going to become more violent or they're going to become like less socialized or poorer members of society. But to, to hear that they have their new norms and their new rules of, of, of working together, I think, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say like the most, <laughs> that's funny, like, like like obviously fallout attracts like some of the nerdiest players you know like i, I feel like your average teen is not going to want fallout for christmas okay be like so i feel like it's a it's a very select kind of like you probably collect comic books and you probably you know like like enjoy the role-playing element of of gaming so like everyone is like everyone in the fallout universe seems like there are very few griefers. Everyone plays a lot of objectives. Everyone is very like everyone I met are like I'd say like nine out of ten people are like gonna help you when they see you're like a low level character. And if and and it was funny because like the kids are so like um they they're just not tarnished with any kind of like they don't they haven't had too many griefing experiences because generally they've all they all look after each other and if someone griefs them they're just like they just you know it's like stranger things they just kind of like <laughs> start working working together and beat the yeah whatever monster they have to beat that day 
but yeah. it's like and, and that monster can come in the form of a real monster or a bunch of like adults who are <laughs> probably drunk <laughs> oh gosh oh gosh <laughs> but yeah but but there's like a i mean the, the, there's definitely like when when you know but my few encounters like are always like sunday afternoon gamers where you're kind of like you go you go on a fallout on sunday afternoon and there's some guy and you know they're a kid because they sound like a girl oh <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like none of their voices have broken and they're yeah. all just like <laughs> can you help me build this and you're just like oh. It's like, oh man! And then, and then, and then it's even funnier because, like, the other night I was I was playing with this guy in Texas, and he's like, um, deep husky. You know, he's like clearly in middle school. His voice is just broken. He's like probably black, and has like like a very smooth, like like deep voice, and 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 he was just like talking to me. He was like, "Oh yeah, I just graduated today, and uh, my mom bought me a refrigerator for my room," and I was like. Oh, cool. What are you going to do like next year? And he's like, Oh, I'm just going to do the next grade. And I was like, oh, So you didn't really graduate? And he's like, Well, I did. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, and I was like, Wait, How old are you? And he's like, I'm 14. So, you know, I'm yeah. like graduated middle school. Middle school. Like, got it. So you still got high school. You're not going to college yet. You're still living in, like, like I can see why our fridge is very cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and oh then my he, goodness. he would just like, he would just like straight up ask me. And he's like, he'd be like, "Why? What do you do? How old are you?" So I was like, yeah. "Well, I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> I work in advertising. <laughs> just had a kid." <laughs> oh my gosh, like, that's such an interesting like, conversation. And it was just like it turned into this like weird job fair of like me trying to sell my job to him. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. Not and he was just not interested like, he, in the world. Oh right, right. No, no, right. he he was he was actually interested. He was like, right. that, that sounds cool. Tell me more. And it was just like you know the two of us in this like walking through the wasteland. But you have this kind of like strange like suddenly a thirty-seven-year-old guy is hanging out with a fourteen-year-old who's a lot more experienced and well-versed. You know, and he's and he's just like throwing knowledge at me. Right, he's like. Oh, you know, if you drink this water, you might get this mutation, which might turn you into this. And if you get this and you like the mutation, you should drink this so you can keep the meat. I'm just like, okay, dude, uh, this is this is like I will ask you when I need advice because this is like a torrent and I can't just like take anymore. But but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 it, there's a lot of that, and it's just like you you realize. Like, like I've always thought of myself as this kind of like eternal child who just never stopped doing a lot of the stuff I did in childhood. But then you realize that the kids playing with the same toys you are, are like, like evolving in a completely different way, like than I ever did. So it's not a, not not for the worse. You know, I think like guys my age are probably like the the most toxic people you'll meet. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we are we are kind of going on to that virtual scape just to release, right? Where to, while to vent, are, right? Yeah, to vent, right? Just yeah, whilst they're there to wonder. Yeah, they're to wonder. So it's very different perspectives, right? We're just there to like ah, I just want to do get stuff out of my system, and 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 then get back onto real life. Whereas they're just there to like oh, I want to explore, I want to do this, I want to do that, right? But um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Two totally yeah, different funny. objectives. Like you can, um, one of the things that happens in Fallout is you can turn into an alcoholic because your character drinks an alcoholic drink and like there's like a gene changes and then suddenly you rely on alcohol. And and so I made this joke that I was like, hey, how do you call, how do you like cure alcoholism? Because it's like, it's been really bugging my character. And then, and then he was like, oh, you know, you have to like make a red scorpion omelet and eat it, but you need to steal the eggs from a red scorpion, which is really hard. And I was like, Cool, cool. <laughs> but it's probably, probably like it's probably like a reflect, reflection of my real life. I might be alcoholic there too. And he's like, "Oh, did you want to talk about that?" <laughs> oh, that's so sweet! Oh my gosh! <laughs> the cutest thing anyone's ever said on live TV. Oh my goodness! Oh, that, that's so precious. I mean, it's it's really like unadulterated innocent youth in a very very. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What, I, like, I hope at yeah. I hope at that point you sort of backed up and and like okay, I'm talking to a kid now. Um, right. Right. Exactly. So it's like like you stop making <laughs> terrible yeah. jokes because. But yeah, yeah, you know, like it's. I don't know there are a lot of moments like that where which like make you like pause and remember that, you know, we're all, yeah, it's it's not just this kind of like monoculture of gaming and masculinity there is like you know like and obviously there's like um like chuan's wife jen is like a huge fallout player and i met her and she plays it completely different from how i play it you know like she only plays with her sister and they only do quests together and she doesn't meet randos and but yeah i think it's just a it's like a weird sandpit it's like it's like now nowadays when i bring my son to the to the playground you know like sometimes he'll make a friend then you end up talking to the dad and you're kind of like eh. <laughs> nothing in common other than these two people like tiny people like yeah. you know ju- it, it, with each other but you try and make the most of it for the amount of time you have there you know you're kind of mm-hmm. like let's let's not just be strangers and you know i'll ask you a few things and hopefully this can be an enjoyable moment. And I think that's generally what's happening a lot with me in video gaming these days. Like you kind of hope for the best, you go out with good intentions and you hope you get good intentions back. Sometimes they grieve you. No, I mean, the the thing that I choose to take away from this conversation, honestly, is, you know, the the realization that while the games are a fantasy, while the games are alternates to reality, at the end of the day, it's still people. There's a, such right. a huge human element to it whether people trying to find hope and and power and um abilities that they don't have in real life or it's people really sharing knowledge or people just ready to reach out to someone else in whatever format um that that they enjoy as a social being or as a needing to vent being right so thanks yeah. so much for sharing all of that with us oh my gosh yeah, i think i think that brings yeah. us to um, to a close to show. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Adrian, for joining us. Uh, I think we've had a very nice conversation uh, over the past, past yeah. hour. Um, yeah, I, I just I just love talking yeah. about this. I can I mean I can go on forever. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about real time strategy next time. Oh wow, <laughs> that's that's another thing altogether. That's a new topic in of its own. <laughs> Oh yeah. man! Thank yeah. you for joining us. I think um, yeah, and thanks, Steph, as well. We will see you guys next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.